All right, y'all. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? We're back. We're back. We're back. Episode three of the flashback with the homies. Uh, we got a treat for y'all. We got a treat. We got Big Joan in the building. What is good, my dude? How you been, man? Living life. You know, just being the best me I can be. That's what's up, man. Now, we've been talking about this for a while. We've been talking about doing something. Because your background is something else man we were talking for a while and you were just like talking about where you come from and well you know how old are you by the way i will be 47 years old next 47 month. march 14th so yeah you you've been through the the 70s 80s 90s uh which were probably first tell everybody where you're from i am from the 305 miami florida 305 mm. till i die Take it to the house. <laughs> Take it to the house. 305? Yes, that, sir. That was uh, Trick Daddy, right? Uh, yeah, matter of fact, that was Trick Daddy. I go Shout back. out Trick Daddy. Yeah, shout out Trick Daddy. Shout out Trina. Shout mm. out Two Live Crew. Woo. Rest in peace. Uh, all the brothers we done lost over the years and whatnot, you know, and whatnot. I ain't forget about you. I'm here. Ooh. So, uh, how you been, first of all? Uh, you know, it's Friday. <laughs> That's yeah. good enough. I'm, I'm I'm alive. Good Lord, let me wake up my eyes this morning and live life. That's what I'm Anything else about. after that is a bonus, brother. It's exciting. It's exciting, man. So, uh, you are a sports fanatic. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a, a sports fanatic. I love my sports, especially my Miami sports. Mm. Um uh, I make no secret I'm a diehard Canes fan, Dolphins Ooh. fan, Ooh. even though it's been a rough times since Marino, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> uh, I've been, I, I, I'm old enough to remember when the Miami Heat came into being, Oof. okay, and the Marlins. I was there from the beginning. My man. So I remember when the Dolphins were the only team in town, mm. okay. That is something else, man. That, what year was that? Uh, let me see. Dolphins came in, in the league 1966. Uh, the Miami Heat came along 1988. Uh, Marlins came around 1993. Panthers came around also 93. And I've been a Canes fan ever since, well, probably 19 years old, so about 83, 84. So I was there right, right at the beginning of the rise of the Canes. Oh, you got, you got a lot of information in you, man. You should start one of these things here. As a matter of fact, as you mentioned that, I got something, a concept I have in mind. We talked about that. Uh, a while back, um, you know, in small portions, but uh, the concept I have in mind is I'm looking to start a year-round uh, football podcast, and that's one of a few projects I got going on. But for now, that's the the one that's on the forefront, and it's going to be a year-round football podcast in which I want to start with like training camp. I'm hoping to have it up and running by the time we hit training camp time for the NFL teams. Uh, uh, be able to cover entire slates, weekly slates of games, you know, break down each game, who I think is going to win, why, A, B, C, whatever. I also play fantasy football. I've been doing that for eight years. You know, I play on DraftKings. Nice. I want a buck or two. You Shout know. out DraftKings. <laughs> I Shout need a sponsor. Draft I need a sponsor. Thanks for the bread. Thanks to all the people I beat. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so what I want to do is for the for the, the fantasy football players, what I, what I like to do is be able to – Lay out, okay, you know, these are the guys I think might be key into in the plan on that given week. Um, 
you know, and that way you can adjust your fantasy budget how you will. The, the people who play fantasy know what I'm talking about and, and kind of, you know, be able to help those who play fantasy become better players. You know, I'm just a regular guy just like them. I'm no expert. I'm no guru. I'm just a guy who loves sports and, you know, kind of spread, spread the knowledge a little bit. And, you know. Interesting, man. Well, you know what? I really hope you get that kicked off. And, you know, this is this is fun. Podcasting is fun, and it's a great, great avenue to take for that platform, yeah. Yeah. man. But I wanted to get into Big John. You come from a place that is, uh, I don't know if people have watched, you know, uh, Scarface, <laughs> uh, Cocaine Cowboys, uh, directed, written by Billy Corbin. Um, the Miami they depict. Is First of all, shout out to Billy Corbin because he does some excellent work. Chris Yo, Ball. one uh, of my favorites. Yeah, and of course I've seen the U and the U Part Two. Of course. And uh, you know, if any Kane fan had not seen it, I don't know where you've been. You should have <laughs> seen it by now. <laughs> so, what's your take on that that Miami compared to yours that you grew up in? Now you're originally from Alabama. Yeah, I was. I'm an Army brat. I was born in Fort Worth, Alabama. Uh, uh, my sister, she was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. So you can debate on who got, got the better deal there. But uh, <laughs> but this is back in the mid '70s, you know, and stuff. So uh, my dad was an 18-year Army vet, Vietnam vet, rest in peace. Uh, and uh, so once he retired, we moved to Florida. Uh, parents split up when I was six, you know, and you know things happen, mm. you know, and uh, it was what it was. Uh, Fast forward a little bit, uh, my dad went, he did his thing. We were with my mom, you know, kind of went through a little rough patch there, homeless for a little bit, you know, and all that. Somehow wound up planning the projects. Mm. Pork Main Projects, shout out to Liberty City. Shout out. <laughs> that's that's, that's uh, where I spent most of my time, uh, down in Miami uh, and whatnot, Liberty City. And, uh, you know, it's, there's two parts to Miami. There's two Miamis, and anyone who's down there knows what I'm talking about. The locals, Miami Beach, we call the beach. That's what you see on the postcards. That's what they show you on TV and all that kind of thing. And another thing, too, I am sick and tired of these these, these networks. When they talk about the, the sports teams down there, there are no professional sports teams on South Beach. Quit calling the South Beach to try to, try to keep the tourists calm. Call it Miami. That's what it is. That's what it says on the city limit sign. It's Miami. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Okay. Get it straight. <laughs> Get it straight. And that's Get a capital straight. M, too. Thank you. Um, but anyway, there's two parts of Miami. It's You have the beach, which is Miami Beach. That's what the locals call it. And then you got the city. The city is the other side. That's the real Miami. Okay. And uh, so in that... That community, it's what I what I love about that town is the fact that it's diverse. There's multiple cultures. Everybody's not looking, talking, walking, acting the same. You know, if it was like that in a place, in my humble opinion, it would be pretty boring. So I I love the culture. I do miss the culture. That's the one thing I, one of the things I miss about being back home. You know, so. Um, you can't be soft in Survivor Miami. Now, what part are you from? What, 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 what's the name of the actual hood? The, the, the section I'm from is Liberty City. 
Liberty City. Okay, you had a lot of people uh, came out of there, a lot of people that didn't make it. You know what I mean? So, but there's a lot of good people there, a lot of good people, and it's it's underrepresented in terms of the amount of good people that come from there. You know, but we've had some successes. For example, Teddy Bridgewater, mm. quarterback, New York Saint, New Orleans Saints. He went to Miami Northwestern. That's the same high school I went to. Mm. Okay, the great Marvin Jones played linebacker for Northwestern. Wound up going to Florida State. Not, I'm not happy with him because he went to Florida State, but I understand because his brother went there. You know, um, we've had a lot of NFL players. We've had a lot of successful people that have come through that through Liberty City. Um, I think that some of the reputation is based on what people from the outside perceive it to be, and that's what they project to the masses. The way I see it, Miami's one of those towns that if you're not going out of your way looking for trouble, chances are you're not going to find it. You're going to have a good time. You can have a good time, you know what I'm saying? But you got to understand, you can't walk around a town like that and have your head in the clouds. You know what I'm saying? You got to be alert to what's going on. So what year were you walking around? What year did you touch down Liberty City? We got Liberty City at the end of 82. So I was uh, uh, probably fourth grade, third, fourth grade, somewhere around there. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, what, eight? Uh, let me see, nine, ten, you know, because we bounced around when I was younger because of the whole military thing and all that. Right, 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 you know, right. And uh, I lived in other parts of Miami, but Liberty City is the part that I call home. That's the, that's the part I'm most familiar with. You know what I'm saying? That's where, to me, my roots are from. That's where um, I grew up, I was molded, and um, developed uh, some core values that, you know, you'd stick with, such as, like they say, you don't forget where you come from. Even though I'm here 3,000 miles away, mm-hmm. I don't forget where I come from. So moving forward, junior high. Yeah. Charles Drew Jr. <laughs> Were you the uh, party kid? Were you the one that getting in trouble? Were the quiet kid, the funny kid? Which, which one were you? What category? You know what? I'll I tell you. You know, as a younger kid, um, you know, there was a little bit of trauma. And people don't understand when kids witness divorces and things like that, um, people underestimate how kids can be affected by that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, And as a kid, you don't realize what's going on. You don't realize, you know, the ramifications of an action of one or two people or, you know, because your parents you know, aren't seeing eye to eye anymore. You don't right. know. You know what I'm saying? All you know is mommy and daddy ain't together no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> and and this know. was uh, junior high when they split up? Oh, no, no, no. Was no that was, they, they split up uh, when I was six. So, you know, there was a stretch there when Pops wasn't around. So when we got to the projects over in Liberty City, the pork and bean projects, mm. and let me break that down for you because Liberty, Liberty Square – is the neighborhood that we lived in. Liberty City is the section of town. And in Liberty Square, you have 
uh, a stretch there. At the time, it went from Northwest 12th Avenue to Northwest 15th Avenue, going that's east. Let me see, east to west, north to south would be from 67th Street down to 62nd. Okay, so from 12th to 13th, that area of uh, Liberty Square was known as the Pork and Beans. Probably, probably the most well-known of the three sections in the area at the time. Violence violence was high in that area? Violence was not uncommon to see. Let me put it that way. It it was somewhat common. All right. Um, But I'll get to that in a second. So from 12th to 13th, there was pork and beans. 13th to 14th was the green machines. Mm. 14th to 15th was the blueberries. And the reason why those names come into play because it's because of the color of trim on the buildings. So, like, the you see how you got the roof out here? Yeah. Like, if that was orange right there, that little strip right there, right. that would be the pork and beans. Oh. If it was orange, it was pork and beans. If it was green, it was green machines. And if it was blue, it was the blueberries. That's how it works down there. Green machine sounds tight, man. Pork and beans and, and blueberries, man. What happened there? How come they couldn't be like the Septicons or something crazy? <laughs> like, yeah, we're berries and they're machines. Or, uh, you know, a, what? Well, we it, named it, them. It was what it was. But if you threw them names out and you and you from down there, you you know what they talking about. Yeah, that's that's what's up though, man. That's you know what I'm saying. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. And so you know, I remember as a kid. Um, uh, you know, this is when they had the big uh, block parties and stuff, and you had the DJs out there, and they'd have the right. big speakers and the turntables and everything. And uh, the ones who used to come around our area all the time, back, and this is like early 80s, 82, 83, 84. Oh, they're dumping real yeah. real vinyl. I mean, we talking about like 10 feet tall speakers. I'm exaggerating, but, you know, block get party the idea. The block party, yeah. And uh, I remember it was Vicious Funk DJs, mm. okay? Here we go. Um, <laughs> and uh, they would come out there and they would set up all the equipment and usually like on a Friday or Saturday night and all the kids would be hanging out. The kids got a little little extra leeway, you know, to hang out a little extra time at night and whatnot. And the parents would be sitting out there on the porch. You know, I remember my mom's and uh, and her best friend, Thomas Margaret, you know, God rest her soul. Um, they would hang out on the porch. And they would be sitting there, Miss Margaret with her old Milwaukee, <laughs> tall boys, <laughs> and uh, my mom. And they would be sitting out there chilling out and whatnot. And they, you know, all the all the parents would be sitting out there and just just you know just making sure that, that everything was cool and the kids be playing all that kind of stuff and the DJs would be out there, you know, do their thing, and uh, you know, and they'll play the music and then every few seconds or whatever, you know, the DJ would might like make something make some comment or say something funny or whatever, and just kind of go with it. You know, the DJ would be like, one time for poker bands, <laughs> you know, whatever, and they just get back to it, you know? So what, what was the DJ playing at this time? What are we talking about? Oh, man. So during that time, let me see. Um, of course, you would get your, uh, like, run DMCs. You get your Curtis Blow songs, you know. But a lot of times, you know, it would be like local or regional uh, artists that you would hear. Like back during those days, of course, you had your two live crew. Shout you, out to live crew. <laughs> of course. We're going to get into that later on, though. Yeah, yeah. You would have like uh, Gucci Crew 2. You have uh, like even going to the mid late late 80s, you would have like uh, Poison Clan. You know what I'm saying? Luan Love. Ooh. Anquiet. You know what I mean? I mean, it, I can go down the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And that's that's your nigga of the woods, but locals. Oh yeah, and 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 of course, like I remember back in the day, they would have what they call the truth and vote. So that would mean your car would be souped up, you know, the rims. Uh, We've heard it. Oh yeah, <laughs> truth and vote. I yeah, mean, yes, sir. You know, rag top caddies. You know, yeah. what I'm saying all that white wall tires. You know what mm. I mean? Cars rattling, bass thumping. You know what I'm saying? You can hear them from like I don't know two miles away. You know what I'm saying? Now is that where the term quad? Came from Quad City, base. Oh yeah, Miami was Miami was known and originated what we at that time called Miami bass or booty shake music. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, it was a good time, have all. That, that was something else because I remember uh, I'm 41 now. Yeah. Uh, young when I was younger, we of course Two Life Crew. Yeah. And then there was Disco Rick and the Dogs that we used to listen to back in the day. Oh, of course, Disco Rick. <laughs> and that was just, it wasn't like, hey, play this in the car while we take a drive around the blog music. It was like, you know, you better have a system when you bump this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's an actual little, te- what is it, 95 South? They got that one bass uh, off. Whoop, I think it was Whoop, there it is, something like yeah, that. Like yeah. 94. It came out like, I want to say 94. So that was a little bit after, but it yeah. Is. And I you know yeah yeah because I remember the dude they they were like, oh man that shit sound raggedy, turn it off. So I guess if if you if your vehicle did not have that bass, oh you was gonna hear about it. You might as well turn it off or you're getting clowned around the block. You might as well be driving a Yugo, <laughs> you know, holding your boombox out your passenger side window, have your best friend hold. That's you might as well be doing that, bro. You know what I'm saying? You ain't you ain't moving nothing. Oh man, that is hilarious. You know what I'm saying? And you will get laughed at. That sounds. Hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, there were more, you know, artists than that. Than, mm-hmm. than the main, you know, because everybody knows who Two Light Crew is. Everybody knows who, like, well, you got, you got other people like JT Money. Mm. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? You had like Pretty Tony, MCADE. That's right. You know, right. Bass Rock Express. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like I said, I can go down the line, bro. <laughs> wow, yeah. I still have in storage right now, I still have like, Back in the day, you know they didn't have no CDs and all that. You know what I'm right, saying? Or right. none of that. Back then, if you wanted to catch the hot song and using the projects or something like that, you literally had to wait next to your stereo system. And we had one of those where, you know, it was the TV and you open up the top. Oh, yeah. And it had the record player the in record it. Player. And then the, the tape deck. It was an all-in-one entertainment system. Oh, yeah. What they called. Oh, yeah. And then you had 99.1 FM. That was a station. Still a station down there, I guess, right now. And uh, back then, it was known as Star Force 99. Okay? Now it's known as 99 Jams. Mm. Okay? So um, they would have, I believe it was, if I remember right, I think it was the Saturday Night Jam session. Okay? And uh, so it would be like a two or three hour radio show where they would play all the hip hop hits straight through. So if you wanted to catch your favorite song, you had to throw your little realistic tape from Radio Shack or whatever you get from Memorex. The, from Memorex, you know, is it real or is it Memorex? You know what I'm saying? Oh, that kind of thing. And uh, you know, you used to, have to pop that boy, bad boy in there, and as soon as you heard that first couple notes on that song, boom, hit record. You know what I'm saying? Didn't you hate when they would talk over it real quick though? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you like, know, like let the song play all the way through, man. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Don't be, you know what I'm saying? Like, when they get into the final breakdown and whatnot, you be sitting there, you know, I be standing in the living room there, grooving and whatnot, like, dude talking like, blah, blah, blah. man, get out the way, man. Let the record play. Yeah, I remember we used to do that uh, in L.A. 
yeah. you know, way back in 90s, you know, 90, 91, 92. We would literally, when, like, you know, your favorite song comes on, yeah. and the dude is still talking, and you're like, shut the hell up so I can press record or, or unpause it, you know? Yeah. And the minute he stops talking, the dude start rapping. That's the part I always hated. So you're, like, sitting there waiting, 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 hit record, and dude would start talking in the middle of it. And I'd be like, well, there goes that. But yeah, yeah. Memorex, I remember that. Exactly, man. So, you know, I, so I, that's what I had to do. And, and I still have my original cassettes. Really? All of them. Whether it was from, um, at that time, you know, Star Force 99, or it would be uh, 98.3, Rhythm 98. Mm. Okay, I still got mixes from that. Okay, oh, that, stuff from school. DJ Laz. Now, what do you play that on? Huh? <laughs> Well, I still got my old <laughs> my old boombox, so it's like you know, it's not a problem for me. I got yeah, your, you know, what I'm saying yellow Walkman with extra oh, I, bass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was going to school, I used to keep that bad boy on. Man, I went through my share of batteries oh, trying to God, play that yeah, bad the boy. The minute man. you hit that extra bass switch, yeah. it eats up the battery. Oh, it drains it. It would just drain it. So you're walking around with a pocket full of batteries. And then on the other side, a pocket full of tapes. Yep, yep. And see, like I would, like I would save, like I used to come up with like little titles and whatnot for mm-hmm. each one of my tapes and all that Mixed kind of things. And uh, so I would have, let's say, um, uh, freestyle, don't stop the rock, Ooh. you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, you know, and I'd be jamming out with that, man. And I'd sit there, and, and yeah, I, I would. Most of my allowance money went towards batteries mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. for my for my Walkman or whatever, and and you know you know you could buy the little two pack or four pack. I was getting like eight and sixteen packs. You right. know what I'm saying? And just run them bad boys down. That is what's up, man. God, those are some great remember wins right there, man. Yes, sir. So block parties are popping. The block DJ parties is are popping. Spinning. Yeah. And what happens like? That's you say. How old were you? Uh, this was uh, elementary ish. Yeah. So like I don't know. Like maybe anywhere between ten. Well, nine, ten to maybe I don't know. Maybe thirteen, fourteen around that neighborhood. You know. Man. So good. Little and, they, and everybody was was happy. No no violence during the block parties. No, it, you rarely saw any violence at all because everybody was just grooving. That's what you know. Up. What I'm saying, but you know, Loving you listen. Life. Yeah, if you listen to the media, they they thinking people like scheduling like you know shootouts every fifteen minutes or something. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. ain't like that. Well, that's what everybody saw, you know, coming out of that at that time. Well, yeah, but that's you, when you did have, you know, everybody was more interested in uh, the cocaine Miami side, right? What was right. coming in, what was going out, and uh, DA sees fifteen kilos coming in out of the you know shores of blah blah blah. Well, know? see, you got to understand that you know it's a little bit to a degree. It's a little bit different. When you're looking at it at, from the perspective of a child, you know what I mean, right, right. So right. like, okay, you know, the cocaine cowboys thing that was a little. I mean, I guess some of that was going on, you know, when I was around that age range, but I didn't, I didn't know a whole lot about it right. during them days. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I knew some, but not a lot. So you know, I couldn't speak on it. You know, you know like you know, to me, it would have been a foreign language, right, you know right, I mean? right. But I was mostly like a, a bookworm. You know, oh. when I was in school, you know what I mean? Um, and despite the circumstances that we were dealing with, I was a straight-A student. Oh, nice. Okay. 
So books is what kept you away from the drama that was going on within the household. Books kept me away from it. You know, I was, you know, during that time, you know, there would be times where I would go out and play with my buddies, you know, go play basketball, you know, at the park or whatever after school. There would be times, I remember um, uh, Belafonte Tecosi Park over there on 62nd Street. You know, I guess it's still there. I haven't been back home in 10 years for circumstances beyond my, my control, but I used to go to tutoring in the afternoons just to have something to do. And I was already a straight-A student, so I was doing it to stay out of trouble. You know what I'm saying? Smart. You know, I remember junior high at Charles Drew. Now, this I I have to give full disclosure to this because this did happen one day when I was, you know, it was at the beginning of the day at the start of school. I remember being in the library, and I never went to the library at junior high. I would always hang out outside with the boys. But this particular morning, I had to go inside to the library because I, I was trying to finish up a paper that I had to turn in that day. And it just so happened, probably about 10 minutes after I got in there, like there's this big commotion, and everybody's running down the hall and whatnot, and I'm like, what's going on? Come to find out, some dude came on campus with a gun. Who man. And was shooting at another dude. No, this was, uh, it was... It was not random. They had beef. I don't know. You know, the general rule is, you know. You hear shots. You mind your own business. You, you know what I'm saying? Business. You live longer that way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, my grandma told that years ago. Keep life living long is mind your own business. You live longer. You know what I'm saying? Some people do. Some people don't. Uh, did he hit the guy? I don't know. You don't I was minding my own business. <laughs> you didn't even ask the next day. Hey, I, uh, did hey. Hey man, I don't I don't work for the media. That's their job. Hey. Let them go. Let, they they get the paycheck. Let them go figure that out. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I watched it on the news at six o'clock. God, that's crazy. What this is junior high, huh? This is junior high, son. See, that is one thing. A lot of people, you know, they see it now. You know, school shootings, but in our world, it's been happening. Because yeah. you know, back in my junior high days, kids were bringing guns, knives, pipes, chains, everything, and they would just. You know how the uh, the fence opens up at the bottom by the grass? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they would just open it, throw whatever they needed, and then go into school like regular, go through the metal detector, because mm-hmm. we had them back in the 90s yeah. already. Yeah. And then they just walk on over to the football field, pick them up, yeah. and now they're in school. Well, see, when I was going to school, they didn't have the metal detectors and stuff like that when I was going. And it, You're a little it, before me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm old. I got a gray hair to prove it. <laughs> um, I ain't using no hair for men, though. I'm going to age naturally, <laughs> age go. gracefully. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So um, the the way it went down at the time, if you had beef, more often than not, you would take it outside after school. You know what I'm saying? And there, there would be appointments. Hey, I'm going to see you, like, when I was in junior high, Right at 62nd Street and I want to say about 15th, 16th Avenue, there used to be a big open field. And so whenever there was something getting ready to go down, you would handle it on, on that field. You know what I'm saying? And so there would be this big parade of people and you ain't leaving. <laughs> Try to duck out. No, you go, because I had to pass that field to get home. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. So you going to deal with it one way or the other. But at that time, you know, you still fought with your hands. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
It's just like old Pop said on Friday. You know, mm-hmm. kids get taken ass with them. They can't. You know what I'm saying? They can't handle it. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. You know, like the old saying go, take it like a man. Yep. That's what we did. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't gonna sit here and act like I was a world beater. I'm no tough guy. I'll never, I'll never try to pretend, pretend myself to be a tough guy. I'm tough enough because of where I'm from. But you know that if you try to run from a fight, you still got to go to school the next day. Oh, or you that go- following Monday if it was a weekend fight. And you got to face everybody. Now, you either face one dude and either get it over with, get it over with take the hit. Yep. Or come back Monday and face the whole school. And probably still get your butt whooped. Again. Again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So so basically that's like that's like the worst thing you could possibly do back then. There was no you know, I heard somebody say this years ago. There's no shame in fighting and getting your butt whooped. That's right. But there's no honor in not fighting at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's a good saying. Hey, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. I got to be honest. I think that was Undertaker. I, yeah, I'm a big wrestling fan too. So. Dude, w, <laughs> WWE tomorrow. Uh, You know what? Oh, that's right. They're in town tomorrow, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's about 19 of us going. <laughs> Man, you know what? I got to, I got to, maybe we're going to talk off the air because I got a uh, wrestling page on Facebook too. And All so right. we're going to, we're going to, because we, because right. we, yeah, but we'll talk about that off the air. Don't worry about that. Mm. So back, um, Okay, so back in our days, kids used to fight, fist fight. It was no big deal. You took one. You know, I still have scars. I, I have like seven stitches on my lip from a uh, end of school fight. It was the big one. It was the, oh, man, uh, black dude versus Mexican dude. Uh, they both about the same size. It's going down. Well, it never made it to after school. We both got down uh, during PE because we had the same class mm-hmm. during PE. So we just... Made it happen there. Soft dude. He hits me back. Splits my lip wide open. Blood everywhere. It was a massacre. It was gross, right? Yeah. I go to the hospital, get stitched up. His parents come and pick him up. Come uh, first day of school. Yeah. We're both rock stars. Best <laughs> fight ever. Bloody mess. Oh, my God. You too. Can you do it again? Oh, my Hell God. Hell no. I ain't never fighting. Anthony, don't don't remember your last name, but shout out to you, man. You hit hard. Dude, <laughs> split my lip wide open, and everybody was like, yo, that fight, man. Man, you guys. You guys got it. And, it, and But it was props. None of us ran. And in the end, nobody came back with bats, guns, chains. But there's one dude did in your school. Yeah. 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 I don't know who it was. I want to know who it was. You know, it was just that for me personally, because I'm at this stage in my life, I thank God that I wasn't in that dude's way to catch that bullet because a bullet ain't got nobody's name on it. No, once that uh, leaves the barrel. Forget it. That's it. It's going to hit what it's going to hit. It's not coming back. It ain't coming back. Ain't no return to senders on them bad boys. You know what I'm saying? Mm, so, I, I heard that, man. That's just... Hopefully, but, uh, hopefully nothing happened to the kid. Well, can I share a, a story about a fight I had one time? Go right ahead. The platform's right. yours. This one happened in high school. I was in 10th grade. And during those days in Northwestern, you know, they used to let us go off campus to go to lunch. All right? So it would be about 11, 11.30 in the morning. So me and my best friend Rodney, <laughs> we would go to down, leave campus and we would go down to um, Brothers uh, Supermarket over down uh, on 62nd Street. I don't think it's there no more. But we used to go to that, that store all the time. 
and we grab something to snack on. If we could have had time, we sneak in a video game real quick, you know. And so I'm in there, and I think I'm like playing Gallagher or something like that. And uh, so I'm playing, and it's uh-oh. I'm playing, and this uh, this kid, you know, he's trying to like shove his way in while I'm playing. I'm like, dude, wait your turn, man. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, oh, you you selling me out? You selling me out? That was the word back then, you know, that selling out me. Otherwise, saying, you know, selling wolf tickets, you know. Mm. I'm gonna get my cousin. Go get him. Oh. <laughs> you no, know? Were you this size in high school? Uh, no, nah, I was a little skinny kid up until I got to middle school, and then when I uh, I went to go stay with my dad when I was thirteen. Now explain to the people your dimensions right now. Uh, I would probably say six, one and a half, six, two, uh, about four, 420. Yeah, so <laughs> this guy went and got his cousin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he got his cousin and a couple of buddies, too. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you know, so this dude, I won't say his name, you know, but whatever. Anyway, he brings his cousin, air quotes. You know, because that's how I used to be, you know, back uh, back back in the day. You know, everybody used to claim each other as their cousin. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of people used to do that when there was fighting or something like that going down. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get so, my brother. Yeah. So, you know, make it sound like you got legit backup. Biggest, with you, baddest. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those. Now, days. the dude he went and got had a reputation for being a fighter. So, I knew this wasn't going to be no, you know, cakewalk and it wasn't going to be no thing where I could just talk my way out of it. I knew it was going to go down. You know what I'm saying? And you can't worry about being scared because mm. it's coming one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you might as well throw down, you know? So dude walk up, why are you trying my cousin, this and that? And it? I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Like that. So he's standing between me and the doorway to get out the store because we had to go back because our lunch was over, pretty much. Next thing you know, Dude throw his hand, I'm throwing mine, I'm fighting him. Now you get these other three little uh, smaller cats and uh, this one dude, and I'm trying to fight off all these dudes in front of the store. My boy Rodney's sitting right there. I'm like, you know, feel free anytime, Rodney. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, (laughs) you know, throw a punch, you know. Wave a hand, flick him off, or like a flea or something. Do something, Hit bro. somebody. Yeah, yeah, you least. know what I'm saying? Hit something. You know, or keep swinging. Sooner or later, you're going to hit something. You know what I mean? So anyway, it went from throwing hands. We go across the street. It went from throwing hands to throwing bottles, like mm. beer bottles. Okay? So all that war started. Oh, yeah. We in the middle of the street. Okay? This was 1988. I was 15. Ooh. Okay? Throwing beer bottles at each other. So... Every time I get one of these dudes off of me, here comes another one. All right? Now, my mama lived five, five minutes up the street. That's important later. <clears throat> so it got to the point where one of the dudes threw a bottle toward my head, and I saw it coming. I ducked down. When I came back up, the dude that walked up, the cousin, okay, walks up, and he takes, like, the, the wooden leg of a chair, about yay big. About the size of two by four, darn that. Whoa. He swings it. You, you can see this mark. See that right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caught me about an inch 
above my eye. Yeah, that's about with the it. corner, right where your eyebrow ends. Exactly, the corner you, right there. You see it? Caught me in the right there with that wooden corner of the chair, with the uh, leg of the chair. I didn't immediately realize I was bleeding. It felt like a hard punch. Yeah, you never really do. Yeah. And as soon as he made contact and he saw what he did, he I ain't making this up. He dropped the stick and him and the boys took off across the street. Oh, I, yeah. Because I didn't go down. I didn't go down. And I can only guess that was God and adrenaline. Oh, yeah, a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> All right. They were like, okay, the baddest dude just hit the dude with a stick. Uh, 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 I mean, this thing had to be about, what, three inches around? At, at least. At least that. Solid. Solid wood. And you took it and said, hmm. I took it, and I picked it up. <laughs> and them dudes took off. And then, next thing I know, I'm not able to fully see out of my left eye. And so, I'm like. Oh, yeah, it swole up. Yeah, right and, I'm, away. And, and I'm looking down at my shirt, and I'm seeing blood dripping. I'm like, Oh, my God, I'm bleeding. And that's when I got dizzy. Finally, Rodney decides to oh. help out. Oh, uh, oh, you all right? I forgot, well, I, he was, I forgot he was even in the story already. You might as well have forgot he was in the story. <laughs> it might as well have been the Invisible Man, bro. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I knew this dude since fourth grade. I was like, come, all right, I remember this here, bro. All right. That reminds me of The Wood. Remember The Wood? Ooh, I, I remember when uh, the schoolyard fight. Yeah, and he's fighting uh, Stacy, uh, neighborhood blood, and his friends are just standing there watching. And, and Stacy gets up. He's like, "You want some too?" Uh, no, maybe yeah. I guess I don't know. Yeah, man, and that's a very lonely feeling when you realize all of a sudden you on your own in this, bro. So it's like, Hilarious. all right, well, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. You know what I'm saying? So they run off. They run off. Roddy decide, oh, oh, you all right? No, I ain't all right, man. Where you been? You know what I'm saying? What you did? Go back in there and play Pac-Man again? You should have been up here helping me. I would have done it for you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he had a free so, game. He had a free game. <laughs> He's like, they're fighting over this arcade. It's like me playing a video game. I got extra man, but I can't use yeah, him. you can't. <laughs> uh-uh. You know what I'm saying? Luigi's gone. Luigi gone. <laughs> Luigi Got chopped left up by you. Koopa or something. You know what I'm saying? He got a red shell. Oh, you know what I'm man. saying? So anyway, so... Like I say, fortunately, my mama lived five minutes up the street. So <laughs> this is actual true story. We start walking up 12th Court towards my mama's house because she stayed on 66. We're on 62nd, okay? And my mama will tell you this, too. We go up there, and on the way, there's a cat that's on his way to go to do a UA, <laughs> Okay? That we see going up the street. And he's like, hey, man, one of y'all got some clean pee? Can y'all pee in this cup? I'm, I'm not making this up. He's like, one of y'all pee in the cup? No, you have. And uh, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a little preoccupied right now with an injury, son. So, you, you know, I, I ain't got time for this here. I'm trying to get some medical attention. All right. Ronnie, y'all do it. I'm like, man. <laughs> so instead this of real. Hit, I, ain't, I ain't lying. Instead of helping his boy out. Uh, you know, guide him home, help him out. You know, yeah. Uh, no, real quick, I gotta pee for this guy. Yeah, that really happened. <laughs> Walk yourself home. I gotta piss for this guy real quick. No, he went with me to my mama's house. You know, I'm not. I'm like, I'm like, man. You get. You know, I gotta. I gotta reevaluate this friendship. I want to renegotiate my contract, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy is no co-signer. No, no, Definitely man. No so co-signer at all. So, but at the same time, no. 
I took it as a lesson learned. You know what I'm saying? What I learned from that experience was everybody that's in your circle don't all, ain't always in your corner. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know. Now, it was 30 years ago. You know, it, it was what it was. Um, but in any case, we go to my mama's house. Of course, she does what any mother would do. She starts freaking out. She's seeing her baby bleeding. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, shout out to my mom. I <laughs> love you, baby. And so, you know, oh, my God, what's going on? I say, call Pops. That's all I'm thinking. Just call him to have him come pick me up. So she freaking out. I'm trying to keep her calm while I'm trying to drop the blood. I'm leaking. You know what I'm saying? Pop shows up, and we take off and go over to the hospital. Nine stitches, six outside, three inside. Ooh. Okay, and a concussion. That was deep. Oh, yeah. All right. I wound up missing, like, about a day or so of class because, like, I was, like, nauseous. Mm. I'll, I'll keep it that way. And so, never saw the dude again. Heard he got locked up and went to prison. But, Funny you know. how that happens, huh? Well, you know, you know what they say about karma, but mm. but I digress. Yeah, I believe in that. That's <laughs> what I, I, I do, I man. So you move, uh, moving on to high school days, man. You're more mature. What's I, up? I wouldn't say that. Oh, you're not mature. <laughs> you're still. I'm not mature now. Keep in mind, my dad was a drill sergeant. All uh-huh. right, but you know, at that stage, I was more. I went. I kind of morphed from being a bookworm to trying to be one of the boys. All right. You know what I'm saying? So my grades at that point was suffering. Like I was like at a one point seven. So were you partying? Were you meeting the chicks? I mean, what was what was? The- nah, I, I had never been a, much of a party up to that point. You know what I'm saying? I was just, um, I was just in my own little world, just trying to just, I don't know. What about the boys? Were they in the same mindset? Um, some were, some were moved on. You know, to more mature things and whatnot. I was, I was growing up, but to be honest, I was still. Um, I still had some growing up to do. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. You know what I'm saying? I still had some growing up to do. I had some maturity issues in some, and I had kind of like a little rebellious stage too. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I tried my pops one time when I was 14. No. One time. We're talking uh, by military with Marine, Army. Army. Navy, Army, okay. Yeah, okay. And uh, I remember trying my pops one time when I was 14, and I mouthed off and I said something to him. What'd you say? Uh, I don't remember exactly what I said, but all I know is it was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I thought I was a man. You know how it is. You know, you, yeah. you get old enough, you you know, you get a little size on you. You think you're going to, you know, size pops up, you know, and so whatnot. And I quickly found out how big a mistake that was. You know what I'm saying? Because the next thing I know, I feel this throat, this neck, uh, this hand around my throat. Mm. And I'm losing consciousness. He's giving you the old <laughs> Homer Simpson treatment, huh? Uh, yeah. And so, you know, now let me say that real quick that, you know, he didn't abuse me or anything like that. No, no. You know, but he had to put me in my place. Yeah. See, that's the that's the difference. Back in our day, we got put in our place. Exactly. And we had to yeah. to become the man that we are now. And it, it wasn't abuse. It wasn't like wake up in the morning and just get smacked around. But if you acted up, there was a spanking, there was a... There was a consequence. A consequence. Exactly. Exactly. And I learned mine. Mm -hmm. The hard way. It works. 
it, it's effective, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Worked for me. Uh, dude, like I said, I tried him one time, and that's all I needed. That was it. That was it. All right, but I got my grades straightened back up. Actually, he transferred me out of Northwestern high because I was getting in too many fights. And actually, he transferred me out maybe a few months after that fight happened that I just told you about. Okay, I was getting too many fights. My grades were struggling, and I was hot. I was mad because I had been dreaming about going north, graduating from Northwestern since I was in fourth grade, third, fourth grade. That's, a, that's the high school I wanted to go to. That was the football team I wanted to play for. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't I played JV. This was 87. I wasn't allowed to try anything along the lines of varsity or anything like that because my grades weren't there and my pops wasn't having it. Right. So it wasn't what I wanted, but he made the decision that was best for me, even though I didn't see it at the time. So how far was the other school you went to? Miami Springs. Dude, they might as well be the other side of the world. Because mm. um, imagine this dynamic. You're a black kid going to a high school, getting bused to a school in a white neighborhood where the majority of the kids that go there are Hispanic. Wait, what, one more time? All right. Black kid. You're a black kid getting bused to a high school that's in a white neighborhood. White neighborhood. By the airport. Okay. Miami Springs. Full of. Most of the kids that went there were Hispanic. In a white neighborhood? Yeah. So it was like a Neapolitan ice cream type of thing. You know, it was a little something Ooh, for everybody. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. See, that's that's uh same thing happened to me. Yeah. When I was in high school, I wasn't allowed to go to my local high school. Right. Because of the gang uh, situation that was going on. They had this program where if you were gang affiliated, they would try to separate all the gangs within... Uh, Los Angeles. Right. So they would bust you out. Yeah. So that's exactly what happened to me. I would wake up extra early and catch the bus at six o'clock. Yeah. And it would take me to the end of the world. Yeah. In a beautiful neighborhood, white kids driving their beautiful car. Reminds me of that scene in uh, Straight Outta Compton where Ice Cube is getting on the yellow bus and he's watching all the kids get in their cars and they got like the top down and they're they're all beautiful and then it shows him driving and yeah. it just right into the hood and that was the same way you know i grew up right right you know you get bused to the other side and you go to school there right but it, we didn't have a lot of hispanics it was mostly asians actually hmm yeah no you saw a handful at my high school but not too many you know what i'm saying yeah. but like and um you this was a uh, 10th grade Tenth grade. Tenth grade. And I was hot. I I don't think I spoke my, to my dad other than when I was happy. I had to for like a week. I was I was mad. Bro. You were mad. You weren't. I was hot. Happy at all? No, because I because he take me out of school. I, I dreamed about going to man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm still Sports. friends. I'm still friends with a lot of people from that school. So were you know these were these uh kids uh in the neighborhood at least? Did you see the, them after school? Yeah. When you came back home? Some of them wound up uh going to Miami Springs with me. Uh some I probably didn't see until like unless it was like at a Northwestern football game because I was still going to Northwestern football games even after I was even when I was going to Miami Springs. I never even went to a Miami Springs football game. So you had no school pride. You didn't want to be Dude, there. You were just like I was just there because <laughs> dad said <laughs> to <laughs> 
To quote uh, Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode, I'm just here so I don't get fined, boss. Shout out, Beast Mode. <laughs> Shout out, Beast Mode. Shout out. You know what I'm saying? I was just there because I had to be. You know what I mean? Cause, but, you know, at the same time, like I said, I wasn't seeing the bigger picture like my pops was seeing it. You know what I'm saying? And this is, you know, no slight to my mom at all. You know what I'm saying? She did best she could with me. At the time, you know, it was the time for me to move on and, and you know, and I'll just leave it at that because Work. there's some stuff there that's probably best not said. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah protect yeah. protect everybody involved. So, um, you know, but the thing was is that even though I wasn't happy about being there, it was probably one of the best decisions my dad could have made. Really? Education-wise? Education-wise. Life-wise? Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, I was staunchly loyal to Northwestern because all all the boys in front of my friends that I grew up with were there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I saw some familiar faces at Miami Springs, too. You know what I'm saying? And so I had to regroup and focus on my studies, and I did. You know what I'm saying? I, I failed English in 10th grade, so I had to go to summer school for that. So they put me in basically a, a basic 10th grade English class. And I'm in there and I'm like, I could, I could smoke this class easy. Mm. So I'm like, but that was all the spark I needed to get motivated to study harder. You know what I'm saying? And so from that point, I started getting back into the books more because you know, taking nothing away from North, Northwestern because I was in AP classes there. So Smart. I was, yeah. You know what I'm saying? In at Miami Springs, you know, the style is a little bit different, but at that particular time, even though I didn't realize it, that was probably the best place for me. You know what I'm saying? It's like my dad used to say all the time: everything that looks, not everything that looks good to you, is good for you. So what was going on at the school, uh, your local school, that was so bad? No, I was just, um, I was making poor decisions. You know what I'm saying? I was hanging around some of the wrong crowd. You know what I'm saying? Um, I wasn't like into drugs or anything like that. My dad, I wasn't even doing anything. My dad was thinking from time to time I was on drugs. I was like, Pops, I'm not doing anything. Were you just wild or slow? No, just, just a knucklehead. Just a knucklehead. Just a knucklehead, yeah. You know, wasn't trying to study, got lazy a little bit as far as my studies and all that. You so know? he thought you were just stoned or something. Yeah, he thought I was stoned. Just... But the funny part is, the one time I did smoke weed, I told him. <laughs> <laughs> I told him the truth. While you were high? Oh, no. No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I did not want to. I can imagine you just walking in and being like, hey, Pops, what's up? I'm high. No, nah, dude, I would have immediately started having flashbacks of that hand coming towards my throat. I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to relive that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, no, I wasn't that, I wasn't that stupid. Nah. That would have sucked. <laughs> yeah. So, Talk about your buzzkill, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. You, you know what I'm saying? Got it out of you quick. Yeah, but I went from a 1.7 to... A 2.66 by the time I graduated. And that school, Miami Springs, I'm talking about, we had, I believe, 543 seniors, mm. okay, in a school of over 2,200 kids. Mm, man. I finished ranked number 161 out of 543. I finished top third of my class. Man. Okay. Smart guy over here. Okay. 
Some some may say it was debatable back then, but it's all right. You know, I yeah. did did what I could. That's you golden. Know what I'm yeah, yeah. So in the old neighborhood, what what were you missing out on while you were in this particular high school? Um, well, you know what? I, I think that um, that the one constant in life is change. Times were changing, and because you know I was doing better with the grades and all that kind of thing, I think that <clears throat> what I was missing was probably the camaraderie, com- camaraderie with my old buddies. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I was on a path that I, that I guess when I look back now, I was meant to be on. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't forgetting about my friends or where I came from or whatever. It's just that the circumstances in my life had changed. You know what I'm saying? I can't, you can't move forward by looking back. Right. But you don't forget where you come from. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because as a young black kid from Liberty City, you go to a neighborhood in the white, you know, a high school in the white neighborhood or whatever, or you going out there where you're out among the masses, there's always going to be somebody to remind you that you're black. Mm-hmm. Okay? Even for those who forget mm-hmm. that they're black. I will not be among those people. You know what I'm saying? And that's real. Man, that is awesome. So I have a question. I might have an you, answer. You a hip hop head, right? You know your hip hop. I know probably more about the golden age of hip hop. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah. So uh New York, they had uh like we mentioned, they had the uh run DMCs, you know, they had the professor, the um at that time public enemy, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I know there was a huge difference with within that the West Coast rap also, yeah. And you guys had your own certain style, right? Southern style of rap, yeah. You know because no, speak you, on that. Okay, and I'm only speaking from my perspective. There's probably yeah, exactly. plenty of people who know way more about hip hop than I do. Well, it, the reason I ask is because a lot of people know about. Uh, New York style, you know, right. everybody knows about that. People all know about the the Snoop and Dre's and WAs and yeah, MC8s yeah. and all that. DJ yeah. Quick, yeah. And Atlanta opened up a door for uh, you know the AT Aliens, you know. But you go s- more south. You go more southern than that. You're Florida. We refer to Miami as the bottom. The bottom. The bottom. And that is a, a place that uh, when you were coming up, you saw it coming up. Yeah. You saw that area style of rap, hip hop, what do you call booty, booty shaking music? Booty shake music. Okay, yes, bo- booty. So that's what I wanted to get, you know, <laughs> a little, a little touch on. All right. Well, like I said, you know, uh, at once hip hop started becoming mainstream, you know, and. You know, we we couldn't get cable right away because we just, quite frankly, didn't have the funds to get it. So it took a little while for the cable thing. But you know, I'm old enough to remember the YoMTV raps and Rap City on BET. Did you guys have you know the box saying? at that time? It was actually we knew it as Video Jukebox at jukebox, the time. Jukebox, yes. Video Jukebox, and what it was, you paid. I think it was like fifty cents 
and you t- dial in what the, the code for the song, the video you wanted to, hit, to yeah. see. You know what I'm saying? And so that's when I started learning about um, uh, like finessence and quits, um, heavy D. Mm. I mean, I remember watch put. You know, I remember watching video jukebox and seeing the Mr. Big Stuff video mm. back in the day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, Kumo D, who I saw in concert, yo. I saw him in concert, James L. Knights, in the New Year's Eve, 1987. It was Kumo D, Eric Ben Rakim, okay, Houdini, and oh, I'm trying to remember who the who the other person was. My goodness, it'll come to me, but I can't Eric remember. B and Eric Ben Rakim, Houdini, Kumo D, and Big Daddy Kane. Yes, it was the uh-huh. it was the Def Jam Two Tour. That's what it was. Yeah. Now see. Those are all East Coast. Those are all East Coast, but yeah. those were like the big names. Big names, during, right? Yeah. But it's but to, to get back to answering your question, as far as where I was at, of course you had the two live crews. And let me just make one point because for years they've had that reputation, um, you know, of just the you know, miso horny and this and that. Everybody know that. Yeah. But before that, if you go back to like 84, 85, they had a song that came. They put out called "The Revelation." I would recommend anybody who has not heard that listen to it because the song is deep. It's got a lot of truth, and if you're willing to open your mind, you can take away something you can apply. Now this is Two Life Crew, this not, two, not just Loop. No, nah, this is Two Life Crew, and before like I said, this is before they got to all the heavy duty booty, yeah, you know, the stuff. censorship, the censorship, explicit, <laughs> and I, I remember all that too. But yeah, the song's called "The Revelation," and check that out, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I play it every now and then because it, it, you know, it kind of keeps me focused. You know what I mean? Um, but aside from Two Live Crew, like I mentioned, you had, you know, um, Pretty Tony, uh, DJ Magic Mike. I believe he's out Magic of Tampa Mike. or Orlando. I can't remember which one. Somewhere along I Four Quarter, um, you had your MC ADE. You had Sh- MC Shy D. Shy D. You yes. know what I'm saying? You had Luan Love. You had. Uh, um, oh my God! It's, it's so many, man. It, it's so many. So when, what year would you say that? Other than Two Life Crew, um, what what rap uh, group or rapper uh, started kicking it? I mean, because now we we hear names like Trick Daddy, and you're like, oh yeah, what you mentioned earlier. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, JT Trina, Money. JT Money. JT Money had. Yeah. Which one was his? Who that? Who that? Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, um, I think I think the other song he had called uh, "Nan." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, um, uh, Ross had, now is like a, a big name. Yeah, you had Disco Rick and the Dogs. Disco had, Rick. You know what I'm saying? You can go down the line. Um, and but then they, on top of that, they actually had a pirate radio station back in the day too. That uh, Two Live Crew was, at least the word that what we heard. The Two Live Crew was running like a, a little pirate radio station oh. back in the day called Base 917. Oh, here we go. Okay. And it was kind of like an underground, you know, type of, of station. And they used to come on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So this is around 86, 87, maybe 88 around there. Definitely 86 and 87, right? Used to come on about 3 in the afternoon. Now, all the high schools let out at 2.30. So you book at home and then... They'll just be jamming out. You have a, a DJ called himself G.I. Joe back in the day. A couple other brothers, Baby Said, all those cats, you know what I'm saying? And they would just jam out, you know, and play play the tunes, local tunes and all that, right? And, like, everybody listened to it. 
that was like the station to listen to in the afternoon if you was like junior high, high school kid, right? And then they would have this first time I ever heard of the Rush It, Flush It show. Mm. So basically they put out a new track and then, you know, if it was cool, you, you would call in, you say whether you rush it or flush it. Oh, nice. You know what I'm saying? So it was like a little tally they kept on, on live, live radio. And sometimes, you know, you hear a little salty language on there, maybe F-bomb, whatever. Um, but for the most part, it'd be like rush it, flush it. I remember this one cat came on there, and I got the tape somewhere in storage. And the dude came up there, and his he tried to rap, man. And it oh. was like, whoo. Like freestyle? He tried to freestyle, man, and it was like, oh, no. no, he might as well have been like a third grader writing on a piece of paper with crayons, man, because uh, it was Suicide. bad. It was bad. Suicide. They ran him so hard. They, <laughs> oh. Hey, if you if you are bad back home, they gonna let you know. Mm. They gonna let you know thoroughly that you ain't very good. So was it a clowning session for this guy? You think he got it from everybody? He got it from everybody. Even his own mom disowned him. Hey man, he, it got to the point where the DJ felt sorry for him. He was like, "Yo, man." He's like, "Yo, man." And then the dude got mad. He's like, "Yo, man, all y'all, you know, MNFers, y'all can suck this and this and that." What else? I like you can't. Hey man, don't don't be having sour grapes, man. Go back, go back to the lab and, and you know try again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, write something you, down instead of freestyle. You can't get mad because you bring out something that sucks and nobody likes it. It's not their fault. It sucks. It's your fault. It sucks. Oof. You know That's what I'm saying? That's funny how people try to like, you know, freestyle or or even put something out that's whack. And then if the audience don't like it, if it doesn't do well, they're like, man, it's you. It's not me. It's a you problem. No, it's a, no, it's you, buddy. Exactly, like they say, you point your finger at somebody. Like you, like you see what I'm doing right here. Yeah. You point your index finger out at somebody. What you got? You always got three more fingers pointing right That's back at right. you. So if you point positivity, you got three possible positivities coming right back. Yeah. So he was sitting there trying to point his finger at the crowd, saying, "You guys suck. Right. You guys are bad. You, you got horrible listening ears." And he's like, "No, no." And and, yeah. and, and, and and then, you know, he's pointing his finger at them, and they were pointing the finger back at him, mm-hmm. but, you know, you, you use your imagination now. So. <laughs> those were, I remember those days because L.A. had uh, that same exact thing, and uh, so did the Bay Area. That's, uh, that's something, man, because I don't think they do that anymore. You know what? I remember, um, like, I'm. God, I vividly remember the other first cats I saw on, uh, we were talking about uh, Video Jukebox. Was when MC Hammer busted out. Oh wow! And Oaktown three five seven. Remember them? Yeah. All right. I mean, they were doing the dancing there, and that was the thing, dude. But they did. They had. They had no love for him in New York, bro. No love at all. It was gimmicky. Yeah. You know was, what I'm saying? He was, had like three thousand. I mean, and I, I ain't trying to diss him. You no, know what I'm saying? But it was the you look, gimmick. That, it, was, it was the whole, yeah. It was the whole setup, and he had like a whole bunch of people on stage, and I ain't never seen that many people on stage before. On like, and he the only one rapping. I'm like. Okay. Yeah, that was one thing about him. It was it was like Parliament, just with one microphone. Yeah, you know. But and, and let me make it clear: I'm not dissing MC Hammer because I was I was an MC Hammer fan. Oh, I, we all were. But I, you know, I I even go so far as to say, my freshman year of college, I was walking around. I would go to class with a silk tank top on, mm-hmm. wearing MC Hammer pants and a and a, and a baseball cap backwards, oh. and I'd go to class, you know, whatever, just like that, and some flip flops, and I was good. That was the thing back then. Junior high for us, yeah, was the MC Hammer Vanilla Ice days, and when Hammer broke out with those pants, 
every every kid wanted them. Yeah. Now my mom thought they were stupid as hell. <laughs> and then she's like, Nah, there's there's no freaking way I'm gonna buy you those things. She goes, They look like diapers. And I'm like, Mom, but everybody's wearing them. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And she's like, Nope. So it's not like everybody had them in school, but yeah. the dancing kids, the Filipinos, the blacks, yep. the Puerto Ricans, they had those pants and they were dancing and doing backflips and. I'll tell you what, man. When CNC Music Factory, that was another one that came out that did the dancing thing. I, I saw them live in concert, too. There you go. Grad night. Y'all, I don't know if y'all if they got grad night or something like that down in Cali. But in Miami, and, and, and anybody went to high school back in the day, they know what I'm talking about. They used to have what they call grad night, which means, like, you would have all the seniors from your high school. You would have to dress up in, like, suit and tie, and the girls would have to wear formal dresses and things like that. And uh, Kind of like a mini prom? It was kind of like a mini prom. And then we would take make the ride from Miami to Orlando at Disney World or Kissimmee, whichever one suits you. Um, it's like a four, four and a half hour drive, right? So imagine this now. We got 500 plus seniors making this trip. This is the year I went. And we had, I think it was like eight or nine charter buses carrying all these kids up. Well, one of the buses broke down on the way. So now you got kids trying to squeeze in on the, all these other buses trying to get to Disney World on a Saturday evening. Oh, no. Yeah. And so what happens is they shut down the park to the general public that night. And so you got nothing but a bunch of high school seniors running around Disney World all night long. That, that sounds fun. Yeah, it would be for most. But when I went my senior year, me and my high school girlfriend broke up that morning. Oh, <laughs> so you so, didn't care about Mickey or Minnie man, and watching them hold hands. I, maybe my mama still got it, but like they had this thing where you take a picture, you hold a Mickey Mouse uh, doll and whatnot while you're taking the picture. I'm sitting there and I'm scowling and I'm sitting there holding Mickey by one ear. <laughs> just, he just dangling, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did your uh, ex go? Huh? Did your ex-girlfriend go? Nah, she was already in college, though. You oh, know what I'm saying? Okay. So, you know, it, it was not a good day. I mean, you know, you it, it, ended, it, it ended on good terms. Let me just say that. It ended on good terms. It wasn't nasty or anything like that. It was just that she was already in college. I was mm -hmm. getting out of high school. So, you know, she just she was honest, though. I got to give her credit. She was honest. She was like, you know what? I want to see other people. Hey. You know what I'm saying? And I, would, and I would rather be that way with somebody to tell you that way. Yeah. Then to go, you know what I'm saying? Mm, and see on, other people. Yeah, and then while go with see, and while, yeah, what, and do it on the sneak. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? I can respect you more if you're honest. Definitely. There's one thing I cannot tolerate is lying. If I can't trust you, mm -mm. I don't need you. Mm -hmm. Point blank, period. That's exactly what I would have said. Mm -hmm. You know, good for you guys, man. That shows uh, maturity, actually. Yeah, you know? I, was, I was showing a little morsel of maturity there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know. So, CNC Music Factory at Disney? Yeah, they, as a matter of fact, it was them. You remember In Vogue? Of course. In Vogue had just come out. There Never was 19, gonna get it. 19, exactly. Shout out In Vogue. Shout out In Vogue. Uh, yeah, they busted out 1990. So uh, the year we went, it was it was CNC Music Factory on one stage. In Vogue was on another stage. And Kathy Dennis, I don't know if you remember that name. She was on another stage. She came out with that song. Um, uh, I'm not gonna try to sing it, but it was it was a song called "Touch Me All Night Long." It was like a club song. Yeah, it was uh, what, what they called it back then, freestyle. Or? It was kind of like freestyle, early dance. Yeah, you know, early '90s dance. You know what I'm saying? So 
it was actually like CNC Music Factory, because I know my share of club music too, I'm a big EDM fan. Mm-hmm. Like uh, CNC Music Factory and Snap, when it came out with I Got the Power, mm-hmm. all right? I still got that, um, that CD, World Power CD, all right? And by that point, the club, club music on that level, like German House Club, whatever you want to call it, Eurodance is what's primarily known as now, was just coming on the scene in the States. So you had Black Box, you had CNC Music Factory, you had Snap, all right? And I was all about it. At that point, I was a senior getting ready to go to college. And so that's when I started learning about club music too. So, and I can't forget about freestyle music mm-hmm. because there was a lot of freestyle music coming out of New York, like TKA. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, there's so many, man. Um, uh, Cynthia, um, just... I mean, uh, oh my gosh, Coro, um, Stevie B, you know Stevie what I mean? Stevie B. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, Stevie B. It, and there's a lot There's a lot of brothers who listen to freestyle mm-hmm. back down there too. So, I mean, a lot of it crossed over between, you know, Miami, New York. And uh, in some cases, you know, especially when it came to booty shape music, Detroit was was into that. You know, like the Two Light Crews and all that yeah. kind of stuff too, which I didn't know until later on. But freestyle club, you mix that all in that all that whole element with the whole South Beach thing, and I mean that in combination with movies like Scarface and then the whole Miami Vice era. Oh yeah, all that. I mean South Beach used to be a ghost town, son, and because of all that stuff, I mean it just became what it is now. You know, you got models everywhere, you got people driving Lamborghinis and this and that everywhere up and down. People drive. People driving like two miles an hour up and down Ocean Drive. You yeah, know what I, de- I definitely want to hit that place up. Well, South Beach? I don't know when because it's like it could be sunny one minute and then it's a fucking tornado the next. Well, uh, you know. Hurricanes the, the, and all that. So. Well, see, yeah, let me let me clear up that misconception about hurricanes. People always ask, how can, you, how can people live down in Florida with all those hurricanes and all that? Let me explain something to you. I was there 1992 when Hurricane Andrew hit, mm. okay? I was there, okay? Hurricane Andrew, it took nine days, if I remember right, to come from West Africa all the way across to the U.S., okay? It was supposed to be a direct hit on Key West. Key West was supposed to be destroyed. What happened was, if I remember correctly, overnight it curved north at the last minute because more often than not the hurricanes first of all they're powered on warm water that's Uh what keeps them moving yep okay that's like the engine correct and so a lot of times it usually hits one or more of the islands usually bahamas hispaniola which is dominican republic haiti you know um or it'll hit the northern coast of cuba so which direction it goes more often than not, is based on what area of land in terms of island it hits first before it gets to U.S. soil, all right? So it happened to curve north, and that morning, it looked just like it does right now outside. You know, it was sunny. You couldn't even tell a storm was coming. And you had people out there at the beach barbecuing and all this kind of stuff, news guy out there, aren't you guys worried about the hurricane? Hell, hell no, it ain't coming. All right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, what a party foul. And let me tell you something. Them little uh, home improvement stores, they make a killing. Anytime, <laughs> <laughs> they make a killing because everybody, because it's not the rain you got to worry about, it's the wind. Oh, they stock up on oh, all their wood, up. 
all of their hammers and nails because oh, they yeah. know. They know. They know. You're y'all, y'all, board up. y'all don't come see us all year, but we know you'll be here in August and September. We know. And we, guess we, how much more you're paying for a hammer, exactly. a nail. Oh, we got it all two for by you. four. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're going to pay through the nose. Mm-hmm. All right? So what happened was, um, what they tell you is, is that fill up your tub with water. And then you put like a, a drop or two of bleach to keep the water, you know, basically pure. You know what I mean? Clean. Yeah. Also, if you got any raw food, they tell you to cook it all. Because you do not want to experience <laughs> a freezer full of bad meat in 90 degree weather. Oh, yeah. And it's a good thing we did because we lost power for a week. But we cooked all our meats and stuff up. You know what I'm saying? So at least we could eat. Oh, I'm sorry, man. So at least we could eat. You know what I'm saying? And then they tell you to board up your windows because the air gets trapped underneath in the little corners in the windows. They could blow you all your windows out and stuff like that. And on top of that, anything outside can be pulled up and used as a projectile. So you can have your mailbox go right through your window. So you got work to do right when you hear a hurricane is on the way. Right. But here's the thing. For those people who say, how can you live out down there when you got hurricanes? Let me put it to you this way. As a person who survived a hurricane, I would take my chances with a hurricane any day of the week over an earthquake. For this reason, you know when a hurricane's coming. Yep. Plain and simple. Earthquakes will wake you up 4 o'clock in the morning. Yep. And your house is a disaster. And you're in the middle of it. And if I remember right, I believe that <laughs> Andrew. No, you're absolutely right. You're, I believe I believe Andrew was a sustained wind of 165, which made it a legit Category Five. If I remember right, I was 19. You know what I'm saying? And so, what'd you do? Did you do you run to the back of the house, the front of the, the middle of the house? Where where do you go? Well, on that particular occasion, we were in the den. Okay, but they tell you, like, get underneath, like, you know, doorway, like, you know. Like earthquakes. Get it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Or into the bathroom or something like that. Or you take a a mattress and you use it to cover you or something like that in case, you know, the roof collapses or whatever. Oh, yeah, that that, That that kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah. mattresses are strong. Oh, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of soften the blow a little bit, you know what I mean? So, so, um, and of course, pray because it's out of your hands at that point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You better have good insurance. Yeah, and you know what? Speaking of insurance, man, that whole thing, I mean, it w- it got nasty after that. I mean, first of all, like in August in Miami, it's like usually low to mid-90s. Really? With 100% humidity, yeah. In August? August. Yeah. That's probably the driest month of the year. Otherwise, you know what I'm saying? I think it was about 92, 93 degrees during that little stretch. This was like the end of August in 92. And so we lost power, like I said, for a week. And when power goes out, you can't get, this was back in 92, you couldn't get gas. You couldn't get ice. So they tell you to fuel up your car ahead of time in case you got to evacuate. Yeah, that's uh, where you see on, in the news where all the cars are lined up. Oh, yeah. They're going around the blocks, all it, trying to get gas. Yeah. And, and, and Andrew, it, there were several, many cars that got flipped over like Tonka Toys. Tonka mm. Toys. Mm-hmm. For those kids who don't understand what Tonka Toys are, Google it. Mm. Okay? Shout out Tonka. Shout out Tonka. I had my share. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Man, that is something to go through, man. So you've been through 
do a lot, man. And you made it all the way up to Oregon. You don't know the half, but you went from <laughs> the bottom of the bottom. All the way to the Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest <laughs> top, man. That is awesome, bro, yeah. man. So uh, do you have a name picked out for your podcast? Are you thinking about starting? Um, Not as of yet. I've been kind of uh, bouncing some stuff around, but I do. I'm also uh, in the process of trying to put together a manuscript to write a book uh, because, as you well know, uh, I've been driving taxi up here 12 years Um I've been fortunate enough to be the first brother to um, run their own taxi cab company. That's what's up, in man. Oregon. You know what I'm saying? Um, I still got my business card, so even but you know what? It didn't last that long, but it was my dream to run my own business. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's a dream that a lot of people from back home have. And sometimes it's about timing, sometimes it's about opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Being afforded to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity afforded to me by a person who was one of my regulars. Oh. Okay? To kind of give you an idea what kind of money we're talking about with these people, the husband was an investor that frequently went to Dubai. Oh, okay. okay, to do business. Let me put it that to you that way. You know where Wetlands is. It's a yeah. bar, local bar in town. From that bar to their house, it's probably about, I don't know, $12, $14 fare. They were paying me $80 each way. Wow. That's a good tip. Oh, yeah. That's a great tip. Oh, one way would pay my lease, and I'd have to be profited with everything else the rest of the night. Man. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's the kind of money I had behind me. You know, and the whole idea was, the question they asked me was, John, how come you, because, John, you know a lot about the cab business. How come you haven't started your own company? I said, one word, capital. Mm-hmm. Okay? But they afforded me that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So because I was in the position I was in, because of my makeup in term, you know, based on the people I had around me that raised me, that groomed me, to be the best man I could be is that I knew I had to go full throttle, pedal to the metal, balls to the wall, because I represent them. Hustle. I represent them. That is amazing, man. That is awesome. So where are they now? Ooh, the people? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, because of circumstances, the the wife apparently, um, the simplest answer says the simpler answer is she did not have a lot of business acumen. So she mistook income that was coming in for profit. The husband was out of town a lot. So she was kind of like the legally um, the um, the majority uh, shareholder, and the idea was to buy them out over time. Okay, but for all practical purposes, I was running the show in terms mm. of day to day operation. Now, <clears throat> 
it came down to where she was taking the money out, blowing it, and then when the husband came back, she would disappear with the husband and make it seem as if I was blowing the money. Oh. And it's like, I can't because the money, we can only, I could only deposit. The way it was set up, I could only deposit. I couldn't withdraw anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was what it was. Bottom line is they got cold feet backed out. But the point is, is that I don't look at it as a failure because I reached the dream. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else, I take experience away from it. You see what I'm saying? Word. Once you get the experience, no one can take that from you. So now it has to be in the next incarnation, the perfect blend of desire intersecting with opportunity. You know what I'm saying? But the difference this time is I know what to do with the opportunity and I know how to maximize the opportunity. And I want to put myself in a position where I can be able to pay it forward to other people so that they have that knowledge and understanding of how to make that dream of theirs be beyond the dream. Make it a reality. Make it a reality that they can believe in their mind that they can do it. Mm. You don't listen to what people tell you you can't do. You know what I'm saying? You don't worry about living by anybody else's standards. You got your own to live up to. That's a beautiful thing, man. That is awesome. You have any ideas? Is it going to be in the taxi cab business or are you going to venture out? Uh, you know... The dynamic of the transportation business, especially in town here, is changing because of certain uh, companies that have- Which ones? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not giving them mm. no free publicity. You can use your imagination. Mm. Everybody knows who they are. The Coopers? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 ride, we ride out with that. But you know what, though? Here's the thing, because I get asked this question all the time. like. Have so-and-so, you know, affected your business or whatever? And I think people worry about that more than the drivers do. Mm -hmm. You know, my philosophy is you can't put a dime in your pocket worrying about what the next guy is doing. Right. You can only worry about what you can control. I got over 100 regulars mm -hmm. in my clientele. Yeah. We, uh, me being one of them. You being one I of them. I use you for all, right. all of them, for you, everything. You know how I get down. You know what I'm saying? And so the thing is. Is that when you with me, you ride with me. Number first and foremost, you're gonna get a safe ride. Yep. Second, you're gonna get the truth. I ain't gonna BS you. You know that. If I'm running behind, I'm gonna tell you, hey, I'm running a few minutes behind. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna sit there and say, oh, I'm five minutes away, and I know I'm halfway across town. Right. You're like, hey, I'm way over here by the airport. Yeah. Go ahead and order another drink. I'm gonna be a while. Yeah. You know, people respect when you're honest. Mm -hmm. That's how you get repeat business. You know what I'm saying? I got 12 years under my belt, man. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you have come through, and not only that, but you actually take the time to call and say, I am outside, or uh, I'm circling around, come outside, and you'll you know, be right in the front. You'll yeah. be right up there, and that's one thing. You're, you're, you have business etiquette, I like to say, and you've always came through, even you know, my daughter, when she turned 21, uh, she made it to a whopping 11.30 at night. <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember that. I remember that. He was yeah. like, we're going to party so hard. 1130, hey, uh, Big John, you want to come pick her up? She, so her and her friend uh, ended up coming home. I remember that when I picked her up because you came out and I talked to you. Well, my wife was, took your tacos. Uh, yeah, yeah, she took my tacos, right man. Out of the bag. And she, yeah. You, you had them in the front seat, and she's like, give me that. And you're like, uh, what are you doing? That's my, my food. And she's like, she can either puke in the back seat or puke in this bag. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I had my tacos for all of about 10 minutes. I left taco, uh, a, a, a uh, well-known taco establishment uh, to uh, come and pick these fine people up. Uh, and the thing is, that story what he just said is absolutely true. The wife came and took my taco back, dumped my tacos out. Just dumped them out. You know, dumped them out. But you know what? I'm not even upset about that. And you know why? Because I would rather lose a bag than lose the rest of my night having to clean up someone else's uh, projectiles. And by the way, no puke. It was a safe ride. It was a clean ride. And um, that was the funniest thing because you just <laughs> rolled up and the front door opens and Becky grabs the shout out Becky <laughs> and she just grabs your bag dumps everything in there you're like what in the hell <laughs> your <laughs> but, face though your face if you would have seen your face well you know because see here's what happened it cracked me up now it, it cracked me up that night because like I'm talking to you and your wife's there and she's grabbing the taco bag and putting the tacos down then I got this other person coming open this door and this person that, that. yeah and I'm looking around I'm like I couldn't. I couldn't even gather a thought yet. I'm like, exactly. what is going on around here? And they were like, "All right, she's ready to go. All right, I guess we're ready to go." So, and so, but but that's the thing though. But y'all always show me love every single time I come to pick y'all up, man. It's like, yo, Big John, you know, whatever you need. Oh, yeah, every single time, without fail, and I'm I'm, I'm very appreciative for that, man. I thank that, you for that. That business etiquette, bro. Yeah. And I just want to give you uh, such a huge thank you. For coming and doing this, man, this was fun. This was amazing. Well, if I can, uh, if I can, if you allow me one second, real quick, I just want to give one final shout out because uh, yeah, the platform is yours. Definitely, thank you very much. Um, big time shout out and much love to all my family and friends back home in Miami. You know, I love you, and I will see you guys soon. All my family, extended family, up in uh, Midwest, Michigan, Ohio, New York, you know, all over. Um, you know, hope to see you guys at the family reunion next year. Um, and shout out, man, to 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 just the, the the people out there just trying to hustle and make it, just trying to be the best them that they can be. Shout you know out to saying? them. Yeah, man. And and thank you for having me on the show, man. It's been a pleasure. We've been talking about it a long time. I'm 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 honored to be on your show and uh hopefully you know we'll be able to you know cross paths with this bad boy again. Most definitely, man. And for everybody, uh Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you so much for showing love uh, on the flashback with the homies uh, Instagram. Uh, you guys have been showing much love with that. And thank you so much for getting on and uh, downloading and, you know, taking time to listen. Uh, everybody out there, much love. Uh, Freddie Korea, thanks for the invite podcast. Thank you so much for the love you show. Shout out to you. Uh, Pura Cultura. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, the advice. And you guys kind of been walking me step by step on this whole podcast ride. Mega Man Podcast, another one, man. I got to thank you so much, man. You always uh, hook me up with some some jewels, you know. You always give me a little bit of advice. You call me or you leave, you know, messages. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for the love. You guys have been great. 
And on that note, Big John, thank you so much for coming, dog. My pleasure, my friend. Let's do this again soon. All right, man. You got it.